You've tuned into localjobnetwork.com radio and you're listening to the LGN Radio Quad, where our radio hosts gather to share their thoughts, ideas, and perspectives on all topics employment related. I'm Lynn Molitor, and joining me in the quad today is Jacqueline Peterson. Hello. Tim Yuma. Hey, everybody. And Liz Datson. Hi there. All of us are in a rather serious frame of mind today, so let's get started with our topics. Compromise is our first topic, and Tim is going to explain further. Yeah, thanks, Lynn. I, uh, I just saw an article talking about this, touching on it. The idea of compromise is that, is it actually a strength as a leader, as a manager, or is it a weakness? And, uh, you know, again, you can go wherever you want with this. And I've, I saw some different comments about it, some different, you know, experts, different uh, CEOs making their comment. And um, one theme I saw was that in areas of integrity or character or ethics, um, compromise would be a weakness. You don't compromise on those things. In other areas, then it's a strength because you're building, you're trying to bring the team together. You're trying to get things moving along and getting them to work. Obviously, the the question is, if you're the one making that decision, at what point, though, do you put your foot down and say this is what you want? So I'm just curious if that's ever come up in any conversations with any of you three because you are have been in those positions um, and what what just what your take is on that. I've never really had to compromise, I don't think, on anything <laughs> what I, that I would call serious. I've compromised on, you know, project work and things. And I, you know, I always try and kind of put a perspective on it. You know, what's the priority of this? Is it um, my own personal uh, feelings versus what's uh, best for the company? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I do think um, a leader manager should compromise. You know, and I, I can't help but think of what's going on in Washington because when I saw a compromise, <laughs> that's what I thought. And I'm like, oh, you know, you need to compromise in order to uh, get the business moving forward. I mean, you can't if you're just, you know, in a stalemate and you're not going anywhere. Something's got to give. So <laughs> that was my thoughts. Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, I think it all depends on the situation. But yes, I mean, you don't want to compromise ethics and, you know, policies and things like that that are that are important to not compromise on. But especially I think about meetings and how much value other people add and how it brings different lines of thinking and uh, great ideas come from and result from a uh, good compromise. And so you never want to be in a position where as a leader your uh, the people that you work with don't feel like they can share their opinions or thoughts or ideas because you're not willing to compromise. Yeah, I concur with both Lynn and Liz. You, as a leader, have to listen to the people who are actually on the floor doing the work. And uh, that comes from them sharing things with you that they do on a daily basis or, you know, maybe they want to improve a process and they think there's a better way to do it. Absolutely. Bring it to your manager because more than likely, I mean, they want you to be more effective and efficient in your job. That might actually open up some bandwidth for you and you can actually oh, yeah. take on additional responsibility. Um, so, yeah, absolutely. I'm all for compromise so long as it doesn't, you know, compromise <laughs> ethics or morals. <laughs> of course. Yeah, I don't know what the other word is there other than compromise. <laughs> okay. Thanks, Tim. Uh, so, Jacqueline, please tell us about our next topic. Well, it kind of piggybacks off of Tim's topic of making decisions and compromising. And I wanted to get your perspectives uh, because we have two managers in the room. And Tim, who is not a manager, but obviously he has a lot of responsibility. He leads up our radio department. And um, it's about really making decisions as an employee. 
you know, what does that mean exactly in your current roles as far as like making company decisions? And we all are on different levels here. So I would like to kind of hear your perspectives and then how to go about making those decisions so that they are in the best interest of the company. So, for example, I always tell my direct reports, you know, if there's a better way to improve a process that you're doing a job, I want to know how to how you think it should be improved because it will create more bandwidth. You will get more responsibility. And we're basically buttoning things up and, and, and tightening up the process. Those are things that I encourage my direct reports to, you know, if you if you want to make a change to a process within our department, let me know and let's talk about it. But obviously let us, you know, keep me in the loop. Don't just make the change and not keep me in the loop. And um, and that's sort of how I kind of hope that they leverage it and that they take advantage of it. Um, but I also think that there's times where there's trepidation about it, where you're like, well, can I make this change or should I make this change? Like, you know, what sort of tips do you guys have? I always try to encourage them you know, let's talk about it because the more brains that you have, the more, uh, to your point, Liz, that you mentioned earlier, the more ideas you're going to generate and you'll likely come to the most effective decision. So have you guys been in situations like this where someone is saying you make the decision and how do you go about making that decision so that it is in the best interest of the company? But then as a manager who has direct reports and Tim, you're not, but you can obviously give us your perspective. How do you encourage your direct reports to feel confident in making that decision? Well, I know one of the things that I try to do, especially if I know people are very capable of making the decisions and and I want them to, I'll usually always ask them, what do they think before I'm going to give them any type of a response yet? Just so that, because um, 99% of the time, they're thinking exactly what I would have thought in this situation too. So it's one of those things where it gives them the confidence in knowing, yeah, you made the right decision. And then just reinforcing, especially if it's something that you want them to continue to do, you know, next time just go ahead and make that decision and just let letting them know that they don't need to come to me to um, ask for my approval or if uh, I agree or any confirmation there and just letting them go about it. But yeah, I usually will ask them what they think and then it just kind of builds that confidence. I tend to uh, use over communication as my motto. Um, I like uh, I like to keep my manager in the loop with things that um, I think he should be aware of, or her, as in the past. Um, and my manager will usually let me know when I they need to be in the loop and when they don't need to be in the loop, when I can make a decision or uh, when I should get approval. And I've always encouraged my own people um, that I work with then to kind of use that same philosophy. As you develop a working relationship with your team, you get to know um, the nuances of the working relationship over time. You know, you almost turn into a well-oiled machine. But as you're getting to know each other and as new people are introduced into the mix, you know, I'm just like, keep communicating with me and, you know, send me an email you know, maybe I'm going to read it at, you know, whatever odd time I decide to read it. But if I'm in the loop on it, I'll be like, okay, thanks, you know, move on. Um, so that's always kind of worked for me. You know, I don't need personal, uh, you know, communication necessarily, but maybe an email or whatever. 
I know my direct report now, I mean, she sends me status updates almost every day with what she does. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, okay, thank you. And to be fair to her, she used to be a manager. So she she knows my, you know, she knows what it's like in my role. So, um, but I mean, she just communicates, communicates and it's good because we always kind of know where we're at. So. And so do you allow your direct report to make decisions on her own or does she? Oh, definitely. Like, will she run yeah. them past you before she makes a decision or was she just? Yeah. Um, yeah. Most of the time she does. And it's almost one of those situations where it's like, uh, I think you can, you you know, I don't need to be there. Uh, you you can make this one. On <laughs> so it's own. like a judgment thing. Yeah, definitely. But again, it's like you, um, you know, we're relatively new working together in this capacity. So, you know, we're still trying to feel each other out. Yeah. Well, I think that's, and that's the one part that I'm still trying to learn, you know, as, as Jacqueline mentioned, I, I don't have any direct reports per se, but so I'm looking at it more from the perspective of having that manager and because my position's a little more niche than others here, because I'm focusing a lot on the radio side. I know, for example, Jacqueline's extremely busy and I don't want to bother her with simple Tim, questions. you're not a bother. <laughs> this is our therapy session. Yeah, <laughs> just, just it's listen recorded. and enjoy it. Um, no, but I don't want to. You know, I don't. I know she's getting questions here or there from other people. She has her own stuff going on. Um, so if there are points where I feel I can make the decision, I believe you know Jacqueline's very good about allowing her direct reports to make those decisions. The one place, and Lynn, you brought it up that I need to improve upon personally, and I think for anyone listening, needs to. Um, adhere to it is if you are making those decisions to, as a couple of you have said, actually keep them in the loop, let them know this is what you're doing or this is what you're planning on doing. That way, if something does come up or if they, they see it and they have a thought, well, maybe try this, uh, you can have that, that conversation. Um, you know, it's a, again, it's a little bit different, I think for, for myself, because I'm, I'm working in a capacity at this organization and then even more specific to the media side, which I have experience. And so I tend to just think in those terms and not put the big picture of the organization necessarily in my decision, which is where my managers would come in to play. So I think the big thing there for anyone who is reporting to a manager is, okay, maybe they're allowing you to make those decisions, giving you that trust, that, that bandwidth, but just keep them in the loop, even if you're not asking them for permission in that case. And actually, you bring up a good point, Tim, and, and for those listeners out there who are in the same boat as Tim is, the reason why it's so helpful to keep that manager in the loop is because your manager reports to someone else. Right. Right. And, right. Yep. <laughs> and yep. if that, if your manager's <laughs> manager notices something that's sort of right. maybe not in the process, you want to be able to rationalize, oh, yeah, me and so-and-so had that conversation, and I went ahead and made that call with with that person, and actually they proposed, and I thought it was a great idea. And then usually the manager is like, okay, you guys already talked about it and, and, and moved on. So that is the reason why yeah. it's yep. so important. Yeah, because bottom line, you, the manager, are going to be held accountable. Yep. Mm -hmm. And there is nothing worse than <laughs> having someone go to your manager and you're with, a, with a something and you're like looking at them like, I don't know what they're doing. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and that is the funny part. And then part of it is for me adjusting to still to the organization though I've been here over, a little over a year is I'm used to just being able to reach out anywhere and everywhere and, and right. go right yeah. to that. Like if you have a problem, come to me, blah, blah, blah. Obviously, you know, being a little bit larger organization than even I was at before, there are the checks and balances and managers of managers that, you know, I'm still kind of getting used to because I, I've been so used to just, oh, you know, if you have a problem, just come to me. I have no problem with that. But that's not exactly how it works. And it's not going to work that way in most organizations. So to Jacqueline's point and, and yours too, Lynn, uh, 
yeah, follow those processes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's always getting to know whatever environment you're right. in and yep. and work within it and don't try and change it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Liz, your topic is about customer service, but from a perspective that can be often overlooked. Yes, and I think this transitions well into our previous topic because uh, keeping managers in the loop and people in the loop is is good customer service, however it is from another perspective. Um, I recently attended a training, well, most of us recently attended a training mm-hmm. that uh, covered customer service, and my initial thought going into the training was going to be everything as it relates to providing great customer service to our customers, which we do obviously want to do. And then it also brought in a whole nother world of looking at customer service from an internal perspective and looking at our coworkers as um, people that we'd want to provide good customer service to. So I thought I'd bring up the topic because I think it's great and it really made me think about, yeah, how do I provide good customer service to my coworkers and what are some of those things? So Thought I'd pick brains today about that. I also attended this session, uh, not with you, Liz, but in a different class. And I actually do think that, yeah, your your internal customers, i.e. your peers or your coworkers, are just as important as your external customers. So in addition to keeping everyone in the loop, I also think that it's really important to treat people with respect, too. Um, I know that there's a lot of people, like in our organization, like Tim had mentioned, we do kind of have a hierarchy, a chain of command. And I always try to be really, really nice to the people maybe towards the bottom of the chain of command because they're really the ones that can get stuff done. So (laughs) they kind of normally know what's going on. And it's important, you know, I see people treat, you know, those, you know, maybe... An entry-level person. Yeah, an entry... Thank you, Lynn. An yeah. entry-level person. the right term. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. I was struggling there. Uh, you know, those entry-level people, you know, they're the ones that are out there, like, basically, you know, making sure that the organization is running, and they're the ones that kind of know a little bit about everything. I mean, you can ask them a question, and they know, and I w- know that we've hit on that, but I really do try to always be very, very gracious to them. If you ever want something from them, they can more than likely get it done for you. But aside from those entry-level um, people, I do think it is important to treat your colleagues with respect. Just simple please and thank you, and I appreciate it. I know that sounds really cheesy, but it it really does go a long way. Like, I thank you for, you know, looking at this, or, you know, can you please when you have time? And I just think that those, those things go a long way, and people are more willing to help you when – when um, when you need it or, or and vice versa. So just a little tip that I try to use. I don't think that sounds cheesy at all. I think that's you're just treating everyone with respect. But people yeah. take that for granted. I mean, well, there's a lot of people that don't say please and thank you. And, and funny enough is like I notice it. Well, yeah. Mm-hmm. See, I think that goes a long way. Yeah. I don't know. I actually, so my background is doing um, IT project work. So Really, my only customers for the majority of my life have been internal customers. I've had uh, very little, if any, contact with uh, outside of the company. <laughs> so um, my uh, one of my keys to working with coworkers is communication. So that seems to be my topic, <laughs> my theme. I, that's going to be my answer today for everything. Communication. Yeah, just talk to them, email <laughs> them, call them on the phone. Um, but I always thought that worked well uh, when um, 
doing these projects for uh, my internal customers is keep them in the loop, let them know uh, what I need from them, how to keep the projects moving forward, because ultimately they wanted their project implemented, but I needed information from them. So, you know, it was sometimes it was difficult because they would keep putting putting things off and the time frames would get you know, closer and closer. And then it always came back on me and my team. You know, it's like we had a week of work to fit into a couple of days. So um, in terms of customer service, you know, when you're working on internal things, um, getting back to respect like Jacqueline talked about, but keep in mind project dates, due dates, and don't try and squeeze your uh, coworkers when, uh, you know, if you're late. So kind of keep that in mind. Especially since the holidays are coming up. I was talking to one um, of my team members the other day uh, about planning because she has a deadline that's coming up in January. And I'm like, hey, don't forget to look at the people that you're right. collaborating with. They're going to be taking PTO too. So you might think you have a month, but you might only have two weeks. <laughs> Good point. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's scary. <laughs> uh, with the customer service side of things, I was I had that training as well. I was not in Jacqueline or Liz's uh <laughs> Um, actual class, but I had a little bit of a debate with the the leader in there. It was a healthy one. Um, but it, what it centered around was the idea that, um, and I had a little bit of this with my teaching background as well, that each person reacts differently to things, likes things handled differently. Um, so whether it's an outside customer or within an organization, it's sort of finding that sweet spot with them. You know, some people like to to chat more about this, you know, what's going on in their personal life. Some people like to just strict business and stats and move on. Um, and it's really just finding that connection, whatever, whichever way it is. And sometimes it's hard to adjust. I mean, all of us obviously have things we like. So to try to adjust to that person and sort of what's the give and take? What are they, what are, are they trying to help us in that way? Um, but I think that's one thing to really keep in mind whenever you're dealing with somebody that um, if someone comes up to me and they're, they're, being a little cordial and you know, they might see it as, as cold or, or I'm giving them the cold shoulder or something like that. It may just be that I'm focused on doing something at that time and vice versa. I, I may try to open up to somebody and they're not interested. And it's just not taking it personal, but finding that way to work with them, whether it be a, a manager and direct report relationship or peer to peer. I think it comes up quite a bit. And, um, you know, it's for an interesting conversation. And I think it, it really applies all over the place, no matter what business you're in. It is interesting. I would have liked to have been in that class <laughs> to hear that, to hear well, that <laughs> discussion. To your point, there are a lot of different communication styles. So, right, exactly. I mean, everybody's uh, interpretation of what they'd want from a customer service standpoint might be different. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so. it's sort of just, you know, feeling that out and figuring that out. And it's, it, I think it takes a while. Yeah, I like to just pop in on Tim. <laughs> but I always at least knock on yeah, the wall. Yeah, you always give me a heads up. Yeah. I give him like a two-second heads up <laughs> that I'm coming around the corner. Well, usually I have headphones like I'm going to listen to a podcast or something. So sometimes people like say my name and I have no idea they're there for like five minutes. Anyway, <laughs> so I appreciate the heads up. <laughs> okay, so we are going to finish the quad today and talk about when is the best time to give feedback to an employee? So as I was sitting thinking about what should we discuss today, I thought about, oh, this happened like earlier in the year. And um, I we were I was working with someone and we weren't having a good day. And, um, you know, we were just busy trying to get a project done. And then lo and behold, in the middle of it, she got feedback about something totally different from her manager. And you know, it just kind of brought, it, it brought her down. And it was like, 
don't give her feedback, you know, don't give feedback right now. I need her to be thinking. (laughs) And, you know, we're working on a problem here. And so it just got me thinking, when is the best time to give someone feedback, but outside of the formal performance review? So I know me personally, I always liked it when my manager would give me feedback during our regularly scheduled status meetings, because luckily this didn't happen to me often. But when I got feedback out of the norm, then it just like it deflated me for the whole day Hmm. because I knew it was like oh, this must be like a high priority if you're, uh, you know, if you couldn't even wait till Thursday and it's, you know, it's Tuesday morning. So um, what um, what are your preferences? What are your styles? I mean, I think, first of all, I think that plays into what I was just talking about with the, uh, with the customer service idea and finding what works best for people. Because that was part, it was similar to what I was talking about with the, the, the lead in that, uh, that conversation and the idea that I prefer it right away. Personally. Oh, okay. I mean, I always go back to like my sports background. When you're playing sports, you get feedback right away, good yeah. or bad. Oh. So I mean, I'm used to it in that way. Plus, I just feel if it, if it's in the moment, I can correct it, or I can I know what you're talking about. If if I do wait till Thursday or, or the following week in some way, I may not remember exactly what we're talking about or like what I felt or why I did it like in the moment. Yeah, it's less relevant at that time. Uh, yeah, you're just not really sure if it fits in. I mean, to your point, Lynn, I, under, I completely understand you don't want it to drag you down and, and you want it to be relevant. Um, like the case you talked about, it seemed like it was two different things. So it kind of... Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. So that, that yeah, was... I mean, yeah. Right. That might not have been ideal, but I mean, I'd prefer it right away. Good, bad, indifferent, just what happened, what, what, what would be your suggestion there? And we can always address it again later in my mind, but for, for me personally, I'd rather just hit me with it right away and then I can actually put that aside and move on as opposed See, to wondering, oh, is that all right or whatever? Yeah, that's a good point. I wasn't in sports. So, okay. yeah. yeah, I mean, but I've heard that before from people who are in sports. So that's right. a good point. Yeah. And I mean, they'll cut you right off right in, in the middle of the motion or whatever. <laughs> hey, it's not that you're doing it wrong. <laughs> or you'll just get pulled from the game. Right, like, exactly. I mean, <laughs> you know, right. So I, I agree with Tim on this one as far as feedback. I, I'd prefer it right at the time that it happened or when it occurred because then I know, okay, I'm thinking about that moment. It's been addressed moving forward, but it it depends on the situation too. Yeah, I have like three little scenarios. (laughs) So I I 100% agree that if you kind of have to weight the severity of the situation. That's what it comes down to. Oh, definitely, yeah. So if it's like a quick little thing that someone's just not the – let's say that there's a process and they're not doing it right. Of course, I'm going to correct them right away. You know, if if I see them missing a step, I'm going to say, oh, by the way, you got to go back and do that. Like that's not a big deal. I'll correct them right on the spot. You know, keep it moving forward. Um, if it's something where I suspect it might hurt their feelings, oh. I will wait to do it privately. Sure. And depending on the severity of it, I'll do it right away. If it's something that I'm like, ah, that doesn't really sit well with me, and, I, and they need to be, it needs to mm-hmm. be brought to their attention rather quickly, then I'll just say, hey, can we just chat real quick? Um, but I'll do it privately, and I'll do it right away. So mm-hmm. same day. Mm-hmm. Then there's also that situation where you still see something coming up all the time, maybe with this one person, um, and I'll save it for the status report. 
So I'll I'll listen because I can hear I'm in an office, but I can hear what's going on on the yeah. floor. And if I hear the same thing coming up over and over and over, I know it's more of a habit thing, a habitual right. thing. Then I'll just make a note and my status. Um, I, that's another tip that I have for managers out there. I actually have an email that is a draft and it's called statuses. And I have each of my direct reports names in there. And I'll just start oh. listing things throughout the week because we only meet every oh, other week. Good. And then when I meet with them, I literally have everything that I wanted to talk to them about. That, oh, yeah. That's so, a good idea. But but good anyway, tip. yeah, so I can hear them when I'm at my desk. And I, if I hear something that's like a habitual thing that they're doing, you know, it's not, okay, they've probably been doing it for quite some time and maybe I didn't notice or it's right, a new person yeah. and it's new to me. So I'll just type it in my little status draft email and then save it for the next time we talk and say, hey, you know, I've noticed that this is something that you're doing. We probably want to tighten that up and not do that. Yeah. So Those it really good depends. Points. Yeah, very good mm-hmm. points. Yeah, I think you have to be aware of people's communication style. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, and for the record, while I, I, I like f- the feedback right away and usually – Usually, I'm good about even critical feedback. There are plenty of times where I'm not happy about it, and I might get defensive. But again, I'd rather it be there, <laughs> done. I can go stew about it some other time, as opposed to kind of, I don't know. For me, I sometimes know when it's like, oh, I probably messed that up or did something wrong. I'd rather just deal with it than have to wait two weeks. And then, yeah, hear, hear my manager be like, okay, let me just go down the list. And I'm just like, okay, wait, when's, it, when's it coming up? <laughs> How when, long uh, is that uh, list, Tim? <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes it gets long. Sometimes, yeah, that, that leash isn't as long as I'd like it to be. But anyway, uh but yeah, so anyway, like like you said, Lynn, I think it, it all depends. Inappropriate, of Tim. Leash. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna correct you right here, right now. Inappropriate. <laughs> no okay. comment. No comment. All right, we end with laughter. So this was a great discussion. Thank you, everyone. But the day does march on, and there is more excitement waiting for us outside the walls of the studio, so we have to go. If you'd like to suggest topics for discussion on the LJN Radio Quad, send a message to Radio at localjobnetwork.com. What are your thoughts about compromise in the workplace? For Jacqueline Peterson, Tim Yuma, and Liz Dotson, I'm Lynn Molitor. Thanks for listening. <laughs>